Hi, we're the Mind-Body Couple. I'm Tanner Murtaugh. And I'm Anne Hampson. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you unlearn neuroplastic pain and mind-body concerns. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Today we have a special topic, which is self-compassion. And self-compassion with intention. Yes. <laughs> we want to specifically say with intention. And we'll talk more about why the intention piece is so vital mm-hmm. later on in the podcast. But before recording this, we had a bit of self-compassion. <laughs> I guess so. For each of us. I, I had a mini nap. A little mini nap, maybe 20 minutes. Yes. Yeah, that's a mini nap. Mm-hmm. I can't nap. I, I, don't know. I know. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I wish I could. Um, and I did some Qigong while you napped. Yes. Yes. And we were very, well, we were joking beforehand, but we were being very intentional, bringing compassion to ourselves. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Monday to Thursday, we have pretty chaotic, you know, days. We're meeting with people. We're taking care of kids. We're taking care of all of our animals. And so, you know, Friday, we, we take the time when we can. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I like that you outlined it that way, Tanner, about our busy days, because it is really busy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, unless you stop to really kind of stand back and look at it, you don't realize how chaotic the weeks can be sometimes. Yeah, and I think that's a topic in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I feel like people can struggle with the healing work when their life is so busy. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense because it's almost like, well, when when are we going to fit in the yeah. healing work? When we when are we going to do this? Yeah, we when people add it in, then it's even more overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So a big part of bringing compassion to yourself is actually slowing down. Yes, so slowing down and putting in. So if we're talking about healing work or different things that are compassionate for ourselves, slowing down is that, and then putting the compassion in place as well. Because you need the slowness. You need the slowness mm-hmm. to happen. Which is something you struggle at, Tanner. I'm surprised you're even mentioning this right now. <laughs> it is. It is something I struggle at. I'm, I'm much better than I used to be. I'm working mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Why do you need the slowness, though? Well, my mind my mind moves fast. Eh? <laughs> so <laughs> even though your life, even when your life isn't busy, your mind is still busy and yeah. vice versa? And so intentionally slowing down to bring compassion to myself really can help slow down my mind as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like that. I think in other podcasts, we've talked a bit about stillness and the struggle with creating that calm or creating that stillness, yeah. but it's also very important. Yeah, and to give people context, we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole here. <laughs> if we say our topic's one thing and we're diving into slowness. But when I was healing, like I really slowed my life down Mm -hmm. and my life was already slow because of my pain. It was almost forced, Yeah, but I kept it that way while healing. And when I look back and think about like, what were the ingredients that helped me heal over a number of months from my chronic symptoms? A big part of it was actually intentionally having a slow lifestyle. Why was that so helpful for you? It gave me space, first off, to do the work. Okay. And it helped me regulate my nervous system. Yes. Now, since then, there have been a few bouts where I sped up way too much. Mm-hmm. And I paid for it. I paid for it mentally. You know, I might have had a pain relapse here yeah. and there. 
And so slowness is a big component for myself. Well, uh, and back to compassion, it's a compassionate piece for you. Yeah. It's about kind of tending to you and what you need. Yes, exactly. And self-compassion and kindness is really key for healing. Mm -hmm. Like we cannot heal without this element. No. And we often talk about this, like when we're working with clients or different people, compassion always comes into the conversation at some point. Yeah. Because one mistake I see people make is they're doing all the right things. Yes. They're using all the techniques we mentioned on our podcast. They've read all the mind body books. They're doing everything right. But there's this critical lens mm -hmm. that's being placed on it. There's a critical lens on themselves and on their healing and why they're not getting better faster. And that critical lens, it doesn't matter if you're doing everything else right. Yeah. It's, it's that critical attitude that really sinks us. Yes. And will put our healing just straight to a halt. Well, and it's important to think like when we think critical lens, equals pressure. Mm -hmm. Pressure can equal pain. Exactly. And self-compassion, like we want to regulate our nervous system. Mm -hmm. That's essential. Mm -hmm. And it, and it builds because, you know, when we talk about the ventral vagal system, when we feel safe and connected, naturally we tend to be more compassionate when we're in that system. And so if we can allow self-compassion to become intentional and we can move to the ventral system more often, then it's going to come way more naturally. Yeah. So there's a huge benefit there in how we go about this. Mm -hmm. And I think having understanding of one, what self-compassion is for you, but also why it's so key or important to your healing is helpful yeah. in terms of wanting to kind of move in that direction or bring it in into your day-to-day -day life. Yeah. And the thing we want to highlight here is doing it with intention. Mm -hmm. Self-care. That's the buzzword nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that can be about compassion for people. Of course. Yeah. But it becomes so normal for people that they're just kind of throwing it at themselves. There's not really much intention mm -hmm. behind actually cultivating compassion for oneself as they're doing it. And so we need to have this intentional act. Like we're intentionally bringing compassion to ourselves. And later in this podcast, we're going to discuss different ways you can do that. Mm -hmm. But there needs to be the intentionality behind it. Yeah. And we can use today as an example. Like I was tired and I had a nap and it was nice, but it wasn't really with intention. It was kind of with the flow. If I had set out and I had known, okay, I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to create this space for me. Um, it would have been more with intention. There would have been much more behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we mean by intention. Kind of like not necessarily setting goals. That could be a part of it. But knowing, okay, I'm going to create this space for this to kind of tend to myself. Yeah, There's a bit more purpose and thought to it. Yeah. Where for myself, when you were having a nap, <laughs> mine was very intentional. Okay. Because I was feeling stressed. Yeah. I had some meetings this morning, some you know, a bunch of back-end business stuff to do. And so I was feeling stressed. And I was like, okay, we got to do this podcast here soon. Mm -hmm. And so I was very intentional where, like, I need to bring some kindness to myself right now. Okay, so did you actually kind of think that? Mm -hmm. or? Okay. I've gotten such a routine around it 
because I know myself, it's not intentional. I'm just not going to do it. Okay. So you need, you really need the intention piece. You need yeah. to understand what it's about and why you're doing it. Exactly. And so I really had that and mm-hmm. I feel, you know, 50% better than I did before I did it. And it's funny because the act of intention sometimes is not even about what we're doing. It's about the fact that we're doing something for us. Yeah. Like that is the piece behind it. And there's right there, there's compassion all over that. Yeah. 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 The attitude. Yeah. Point out things. It doesn't matter as much what we do, but more about the attitude as mm-hmm. we've said many times on this podcast. And most of us like... Most of us don't do this. Like most of us don't naturally think of ourselves in this way. I think compassion or compassion with intention is something we really need to learn. Yeah. And so different ways to do this. We kind of broke it down into Mm -hmm. three areas. Mm -hmm. So ways you can bring compassion to yourself. Mm -hmm. So cognitively, behaviorally, and somatically. I like that you broke it down this way. I know, it's good, right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I thought it was pretty smart. Uh I was like, this this seems like a a good breakdown because there's a lot of different ways we can go about this. And it's not a one-size-fit-all. People have to find what actually creates that feeling of compassion for you in your body. Right, right. It's super unique to, Mm -hmm. to every person. Yeah. So cognitively, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, self-kindness phrases. Mm -hmm. These are very clear and specific statements, and they're made in in the form of a wish. So this comes from Kristen Neff and and Chris Germer, who are big like self-compassion researchers. Mm -hmm. And so self-kindness phrases, they're very unique, but like some standard ones are, may I be kind to myself? Yeah. May I care for myself in this moment of suffering? Yeah. May I be free from fear? May I accept myself just as I am? And using these consistently actually can make a big difference. This is kind of more of a top-down approach where we're thinking in a different way that's probably, if you're listening to this, it might feel very foreign at first. Yeah, and that's okay. And I wanted to add that if this feels weird to make statements like that or foreign, that's fairly normal. Kind of starting with this, it doesn't mean not to do this. It might just feel strange odd some people talk about it feeling fake or false yeah and it's gonna feel that way at first yeah if you're if it's really abnormal for you but with self-kindness phrases it's a really simplistic concept you come up with three or four phrases mm-hmm. i change mine out all the time <laughs> and i sit down for a five minute meditation each time i exhale i think one in my mind and then i just rotate mm-hmm. so it's a really simple practice mm-hmm. And done over a period of time, it can actually start to make a big difference in how we relate to ourselves. And so if you were to do something like this with intention, how would that look like? Would it be kind of planning throughout your day? What would that? Exactly. So when I do this technique with intention, I'm really picking a few times in my day, a few blocks where I'm going to sit down and do this for five minutes. Okay. Now, the other more cognitive top-down approach is inner child work. Mm-hmm. Uh, inner child work is used a lot in a mind-body approach. Uh, Nicole Sachs loves this topic. I feel like this is one of her favorite topics. Um, but Dr. Schubiner's work, he pulls from internal family systems as well and uses some inner child work as well. But a really simple practice around this is visualizing or listening 
to a younger version of yourself mm -hmm. during an emotional time. Mm -hmm. So you'd think about maybe, you know, five-year-old Tanner when I felt emotional about something. And you're actually visualizing your adult self being back there, listening and providing what they need. Okay. And why is that helpful? <laughs> here's, here's the thing that maybe a lot of people won't admit. We are much more likely to have compassion for five-year-old Tanner than I am for, you know, 34-year-old Tanner. Mm -hmm. I, I just am. It, it's natural. We we have more kindness for children. I wish that wasn't just the case. <laughs> I wish it was for everyone. But it works really well, and it can bring a deep sense of care and compassion for ourselves. And a lot of times, what we need at various ages in the past, and I use five as an example, could be any age. But what we needed back then we often need in the present as well. Mm -hmm. And it's important to recognize that because often we we don't think that's true, but we need, you know, supportive comments or we need soothing touch or we need self, like like literally care for ourselves. Um, something I usually have people do too, if they're struggling to visualize kind of themselves, to visualize other children that are in their life currently of like how that. would they respond to them and usually it's the same with care with forgiveness with kindness yeah and that's helpful to kind of think okay i respond to them in this way i also need to respond to myself in this way so that's another way to do it if visualizing an inner child um is difficult for you yeah so the next one is behaviorally mm -hmm. and and this is one of your favorites we were talking about this before it's kind of these, these small acts of kindness you can do throughout your day. And small acts of kindness, they're, they don't need to take much time. No. It could be anything, and they're going to be unique for every single person. But we got to think about what behaviors bring about regulation, safety, connection to your nervous system. Okay. So I actually think listeners might relate to this one. Sometimes... Um, and uh, you might disagree with this, but sometimes a small act of kindness for me is going to get a Starbucks coffee on my uh, way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might not be an act of kindness to our pocketbook, but um, I enjoy it. It's like a treat for me. It's like a warm cup of coffee. It's kind of like a tasty drink. Um, and I think people can relate to that one in terms of like, okay, I'm going to treat myself to this. For me, that can be an act of kindness and it can be intentional in terms of like, I've had a hard day. This is something nice for me. I, I, it's, it's about being, you know, I guess I want to say kind again, but it's about being yeah. kind or intentionally um, giving myself something, a treat. Yeah. And I always think about with you, Anna, I, I usually know when you're stressed and Anne's great at this, by the way, for all the <laughs> listeners compared to myself, oh, I have to work at it. But Anne, you know, the one thing, Anne, that I've known about you since Is it the we, naps you're going to talk about? No, not the oh. naps, but you do love, <laughs> the, like you do love the naps. Uh -huh. But the, the one thing about you, uh, and one reason I think you never develop neuroplastic pain, you're not susceptible to it, is you're, you're not really self-critical. You're very, you're no. very kind to yourself. I am actually. It's quite, it's quite true. It's natural for you. Yes, yes. And I, well, so I, I, when I, I can get anxious at times, or when I was younger, I would struggle with, I did struggle with anxiety, um, but it wasn't necessarily out of a critical lens back then. Yeah. Either. 
And we had that podcast episode, Be Like Anne. <laughs> Be more like Anne. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good funny. one. It's pretty yeah. funny. But there, there is qualities that I admire about you, uh, especially the older I get, in the sense that... It's nice to hear. There you go. So in the sense of you're not self-critical. If you make your mistakes, you're like, oh, that kind of sucked. And then you just move on. Yes. Where I'm like, I'll spend, <laughs> I'll spend three days wrapping my mind around it. And the other thing is that because you're not self-critical, you don't put the pressure on. Like, no. Well, I do you, like think like certain hobbies in my life. I of can course. do that. Yeah. But I just mean that if your mental well-being, maybe you're struggling mm-hmm. for a period, mm-hmm. I've just seen you like willingly drop things where you're like, this isn't worth it. Yes. Where I would just power through at all expense. Well, and it's interesting that you point that out, Tenor, because I think pressure and self-criticism and maybe that negative view of self, like they're all linked. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting that you mentioned that when I'm not being self-critical and I'm kind of being kind to myself, that pressure is taken off. And you're right. Like all those pieces aren't there as much when I'm in that kind of spot. Yeah. Yeah. And so behaviorally, these are just things you can sprinkle throughout your day. Yes. And lastly, somatically. Mm-hmm. Your favorite. This is my favorite yeah. for sure. I, I feel it's most effective for me. It's not to say for people listening that's going to be most effective for you by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really connect with it. I like to play around somatically with bringing care, love, kindness to myself. Mm-hmm. It really connects. And so in terms of this, there's lots of ways to do this. Krista Neth talks about uh, softening and soothing sensations. Mm-hmm. It's a really simple concept. Like if say you were feeling stressed, right? And you're feeling stressed and your chest is feeling really tight as often mine is when I'm stressed what you would do is you would breathe into your chest warm air and you're not trying to get rid of the sensations, but you're softening them each time mm. you breathe in. Like you almost imagine the edges softening. And I like that because it is, again, that same idea of being curious and not trying to fix or change anything, yeah. but lean into kind of the positive sensation that's yeah. surrounding it. And it's it's more so when I'm doing it, it's it's actually directing love towards it in okay. some way it's like you're just softening it not to make it go away but actually just to truly care for the sensation and then the other thing Kristen Neff talks about is uh, soothing and that's just soothing touch mm-hmm. like a lot of times if people are feeling difficult sensations even putting your hands over where you're feeling it will naturally calm it mm-hmm. like you're almost soothing it with the warmth of your touch and it's interesting it's worth trying and I, we've talked about this before and back to that idea of thinking of a, a child in your life or a loved one, you put your hand on them usually if you want to calm them. And so it's almost like, stick to, like we do that and doing it to ourselves can be really odd and really foreign, yeah. but really powerful. So it's worth trying that out and just seeing, okay, what's it like when I try to just calm myself here with that intentional act of kindness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's other ways somatically you can bring compassion to yourself i know in qigong which i do a lot like there's certain moves that help direct care or love to yourself Mm -hmm. that can be really useful the other one the silly one i was thinking of right because we do our podcast in our basement office 
Um, and as I was, I was, as I was walking down the stairs, we have that giant, what are they called? Squishmallows? You know, like that yeah. giant zebra yeah. squishmallow? They're these big plush toys. Yeah. But they work really well. Like actually like hugging like a giant stuffed animal. Tanner has adopted this for himself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but my son keeps stealing it from well, me. It's his. <laughs> no, I won it at oh. it. <laughs> I don't know who it belongs to, but obviously there's a fight for it. It, it was mine. I won it at a secret Santa. Oh. Uh, and as soon as I came home, my son looked at it and he was like, mine. You know, so, <laughs> so since then, I sneak into his room. Take it, and then a couple and days he later, he hides it, and it's yeah. kindness for him. Yeah, and then a couple days later, my son has snuck it back to his room. So we're we're playing a bit of back and forth right now, <laughs> which is fair. I want him to bring compassion to himself as yes, well. Yes, yes. But I want to just to finish off. I want to return back to one thing you said, Anne, where it's it really is thinking about like how would you bring compassion to a child? Mm -hmm. Because all the things we mentioned, cognitively, behaviorally, somatically, we do all of these yes. when we're caring for a child, whether yes. it's your own or a child in your family. Like it, it's, we do all of these and a child needs all of these. Yes. And we openly accept that our child needs that, mm -hmm. which is funny because somewhere along the way, we don't accept it for ourselves or we stop believing we need that. Um, but it doesn't change. Yep. Yep. We have um, kind of a challenge that we want to set out for people. Um, the act of kindness or compassion with intention challenge. It's a big, big name for it. It was a long name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we kind of thought for everybody out there to set a morning goal or morning intention um, to bring compassion to yourself, either cognitively, behaviorally, somatically, with a focus of being like focused to regulate your nervous system in some way. Um, and then to carry that out daily and do it for a month and just reflect on what that month has been like for you yeah. at, by the end of it. And again, it can be something big, something small, but we want that intention piece of like, okay, I am going to do this with intention to create that compassion for myself. Yeah. So give a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you all next week. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to book in a session with one of our therapists, you can go to our website at painpsychotherapy.ca. You can also follow us on Instagram at painpsychotherapy, where me and Anne are posting content daily and are there to respond to your comments. Also, check out our YouTube channel, which is named Tanner Murtaugh MSW RSW.